Welcome to the JNR Basketball Podcast. I'm John, joined by Ronnie, and let's let's jump right into it, Ronnie. Let's take a look at some of the newsworthy events that have occurred. Uh, did you see that Kevin Durant sat down with Nets ownership and had a very unproductive meeting? I saw the title of that. I haven't looked at anything yet, though. What happened? So he's basically doubled down on him wanting to be traded. And he's 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 pretending he's pretending that he's okay with staying with the Nets, but they have to fire the GM and the head coach. And then maybe he'll stay. So he doesn't really want to stay. Um, he's just trying to make it even more uncomfortable. So this is you know if he requested a trade and he's still requesting a trade, but he's willing to stay if you basically change everything. Yeah. Um, it's it's like that person that you dated in high school that says, you know, maybe we could be together if you changed absolutely everything about yourself and became a different person. Then maybe we could make it work. He's kind of pulling that card. And Nets ownership came out and said, yeah, we stand by our GM and our head coach. Good. I'm uh, glad. So don't, don't be... Don't be fooled by this. So the more the more this drags on, you know, I was a huge Kevin, I am a huge Kevin Durant fan, uh, at least from the game perspective. But man, he just seems kind of like a kind of like a jerk during yeah. all of this. Remember a few podcasts when you were asking me if you should ask players about recommendations and things like that. Yeah, this is kind of like one of those things where what I was saying is if you're if you're planning on being with that team, you know, until your career is over, then yeah, you could ask that player. And then Durant thinks like he's talking about leaving. He requests a trade, but then he wants like the head coach and the GM out of there. Okay, if you're planning on leaving, why would we fire those guys? That doesn't make any well, sense. No, no, no. He's he's willing to try to work it out if you no, fire I know. those guys. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. Okay, well, he's... still, I'm just saying like if if you mention that you you know you requested a trade, you don't want to be with that team anymore. Just by saying that, like that just takes like any of that out of the equation you know like if you if you have a problem with yeah. the head coach and you talk about a trade already they're not going to listen to him they're going to be like no you could just you're going to leave in a couple of years like why would we fire a head coach i know you know like what you said with the he would talk about it and like try staying there but no just because he said no, that no i think at this point it's completely toxic yeah right. i agree at this point there's no saving this relationship it's done uh and i i think that was his intention i think that was his intention is to i'm going to kind of sound like not, he doesn't want to sound like a bad guy but he is in this situation yep. but he's trying to save face but he knows that they're never going to do that and he this is just sort of escalating um the next steps where he, he eventually will be traded i have no idea who is even interested anymore I, I saw a list of four teams and like the celtics were one of them i found the celtics you just are coming off of uh, winning the Eastern Conference and being in the NBA Finals, why yeah. on earth would you want to rock that boat? Exactly. Don't touch that team. They'll be right where they so, were last year, or right where they were again this year. They should be, yeah. They're going to see improvement. We, we've talked about that a little bit already. But yeah, if I'm the Celtics, I, I can't be taking this seriously. You yeah. know, yeah, he, Kevin Durant wants to go to the Celtics, so shock, they're a good team. Right. He's not wanting to go to the uh, you know the Rockets or or back to the Thunder. Mm -hmm. He's he's ring chasing and it's really really frustrating and it just shows some of the dysfunction that exists within this Brooklyn Nets organization and you know kind of to your point how important chemistry is when you bring in a bunch of guys who all have egos it just blew up in their face. Yeah. What what does he have against the GM? I don't think he has anything. I think he's just trying to f escalate the situation so he'll get forced to get traded. Mm. 
I mean, the GM did pretty much whatever those guys wanted. It was he was the GM, and, and all <laughs> Kevin Durant was was in charge of making a lot of that team. So yeah, I don't yeah. I don't think he has anything personally. I think he's just like he's just forcing his hand, forcing the ownership hand to to get him traded. And I think that's what he wants all along. He doesn't care if those guys get fired. He's not going to be on this team. He wants to get right. traded. Yeah. I mean, exactly. He's going to get all these guys out of there and then he's going to leave next year, most likely. That's what I think. So, I don't know. It's just keep what you have and, yeah, just see if you can yeah. trade him next year after he only has three years on a con- his contract instead of four. Um, I did see right well, here it says Durant's ultimatum is apparently a result of his lack of faith in the team's direction. So, maybe that's why he doesn't yeah. like the GM. I, that's that's what he says, right? It's, yeah. You know, it's it's not you, it's me, only he's saying it's not me, it's you, but it's mm-hmm. really him. Yeah. Um. So this relationship needs to be broken up. It does. For, for, if you're a Brooklyn fan, you recognize that. If you're not a Brooklyn fan or if you're you know, just a fan, I don't think you want him coming to your team anymore knowing that he's going to be – I've completely flip-flopped on Durant. As <laughs> yeah. I'm saying this, I was just like, oh, he's a good player. Uh, he is a good player, but gosh, he's toxic. Yeah, and that kind of goes along with your feelings of uh, Irving too. You don't like his yeah, how he like is Irving. too. So yeah, now they no. got two guys like this on the team. Yeah, it just seems like a dumpster fire. Uh, speaking of dumpster fire and the Brooklyn Nets, there's a report coming out that Ben Simmons left the team group chat after game three where they asked him if he was going to play in game four. Apparently, his response was to leave the group text chain or <laughs> group text left. chat. <laughs> he just left. That's so, weird. I mean, Philadelphia fans are probably very familiar <laughs> with that feeling, yeah. just getting up and leaving. But uh, I don't know if that's true or not. He's He tweeted in response to it. must be a slow news day or something like that. I'm trying to downplay it, but yeah. um, I thought that was kind of funny. That's hilarious. That, that would be, can you imagine just, you know, all your teammates are like in this chat and then you're like yeah what are yeah. you, <laughs> you gonna do simmons great simmons hey, is dude, left you the gonna chat. play <laughs> new phone who dish yeah that's so weird it is it's so on brand with ben simmons and just yeah. everything about this team has just gone terribly so it really Maybe. shows you how important team chemistry is and getting the right guys together that can that can play together um because otherwise you just have this team and yeah that's it's not a lot of fun. Yeah, this poor Brooklyn fans right now. I mean, they have all these great players, you know. They just want to want them to stay together and see what happens this year. But it's God, what, what's going to yeah. happen during the season this year? You know. Yeah, if they have to play together, so you know how NFL has like a hard knocks or uh, God, what's the Amazon show that they have? A similar sort of thing where they follow them around on the Amazon show. They follow them around for the whole whole season. Mm-hmm. I would love for a film crew to just follow this team around for the whole season. Yeah. See how weird Kyrie is. I, I just, you know, when the Yankees and the Red Sox were playing forever ago, you know, Johnny Damon was just cutting his toenails in the middle of the game. <laughs> I have to imagine that's like Kyrie as well. He's just that <laughs> weird dude. He's putting up like crystals in his locker and, and doing weird nonsensical stuff. But I, I would love it. to watch that. Yep. I would love to watch that. That's a great idea. I mean, if you could do this particular team as they are right now and do a show out of it, yeah. I would love to watch it. The ratings would be insane. <laughs> it would be so weird. Yeah. Because those guys are so weird and they're so, oh God, what's the word? Intense with their weirdness. Yeah, definitely. They almost have like an arrogance about them or they just think they're yeah. above the law and like nothing could touch them. Uh, so the Nets are a mess. In short, the Nets are a mess. Kyrie is a mess because he's Kyrie. Uh, ben Simmons is leaving group chats when team teammates ask him questions. And Kevin Durant is doesn't want to be on this team. And yeah. he's trying to just burn the whole thing down. So if you're a Nets fan, I, I'm sorry. Good luck. Do you remember the part in Billy Madison where someone threw a sandwich at Chris Farley and he starts 
getting all red yeah. and he's just like, oh, for, that's like exactly Durant right now on the team. You know, he's just, yeah, someone he's just getting all red faced and yeah, he's getting all sweaty and everyone's like, oh, what the heck? He'll turn this bus around. <laughs> yeah. Help me God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other news story that I thought was interesting, it's been very, it actually has been really slow. So Kyrie, not Kyrie, Ben Simmons is right. It is slow news day. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of stuff going on uh, as far as the NBA goes, but uh, DeJounte Murray is playing in this pro-am. It's called the, um, oh, I had it up a second ago. It's basically uh, something that Isaiah Thomas sets up in Tacoma, Washington. Oh, okay. He sets up this pro-am tournament. It's guys local to the area. Uh, so Isaiah Thomas is from the Seattle area. So he sets this up and he invites pros and DeJounte Murray recently traded from the Spurs to the, the Hawks is taking part in this uh, number one overall draft pick. Paolo Benchero is taking part of this, but DeJounte Murray is just coming. All these clips are on highlight. If you haven't seen it, look it up and he's just, I don't know what he's doing, but trying out to be a Harlem Globetrotter or something, but he's like <laughs> bouncing the ball off of people's heads. He's like fake throwing the ball at people. I it's did see that really, one, yeah. really weird. Which one did you see? The where he bounced off the guy's head. Yeah. So he did it like two or three times. Yeah. He did it to another guy later on. Like he was on the ground after he dunked on him. He like bounced it off his head. He fake threw it at another guy. It's just really aggressive and really strange. Like I don't understand other than he's trying to be a Harlem Globetrotter and he thinks he's playing the Washington Generals or whatever the fake team is that they play. It's really, really weird. And him and Paolo are on opposite teams and they got like into it, but it was funny because Paolo didn't realize that DeJounte was trying to like shove him or something. So he just kind of like hugged him and patted his belly like, hey, good job, sport. And just kind of <laughs> walked away, like unintentionally de-escalated it. And it was really, really funny to see. But yeah, he is just... He's he's acting extremely aggressive, and you normally don't see that at these sort of programs. They're more about, you know, especially this one, the community building and being there for the fans and putting on a good show. Not this, not this nonsense that he's doing. So I don't know. I don't understand it. If you haven't watched the clips already, go ahead and Google that. Take a look at some of those videos. It's really, really strange. I don't, I don't understand what his end game is, other than maybe trying to make the news and and make some some recaps to make yeah. a bigger name for himself. It so, just doesn't make sense to me. So again, with this program, you said it's with Isaiah Thomas. He puts it together. It's for like the fans in that area. And so maybe is yeah. he, is he trying to put on a show? Like he, he thinks he's so good and he's just trying to create attention for it maybe. And he is getting attention obviously, you know? So do you think he's just trying to yeah, maybe just build popularity with crazy moves and kind of like street ball moves instead of just regular NBA? Good. Yeah, that's, all, that's the only thing I can think of that doesn't really make any sense. Um, so now Paolo and uh, DeJounte are having like an Instagram battle, Instagram beef, but it's it was weird. Uh, so yeah, that that's happening. And like I said, the one highlight was really funny because Paolo did not realize that, you know, <laughs> we were we were fighting here. We were arguing. He just kind of gave him a hug like, hey, good game. Yeah. Good game, friend. It's, it's so, almost like he thought he was putting on a show like a fake show so he just kind of like he knew it you know yeah. so instead of like fighting back he just gave him a hug because he's like nothing's going to happen <laughs> you know like he's just being dumb right now interesting it is it is really really weird but i do like those programs and i know we talked about this before with the drew league you know lebron james took place in that because it does give fans an opportunity to see the game uh up close and it gives some of those local guys uh you know i understand why you know when the professor is out on the courts how people get excited mm-hmm. to do that because it's, it's it's cool to watch and it's cool to watch some of these professionals go up against you know the, the local guys who, who 
rightly are, are very good at basketball, but clearly not at a pro level. Yeah. Um, did I ever tell you about the time I, I shot around a little bit with Leandro Barbosa? No, cool. way back in the day. He's, was one was of that the, at a gym? One of the guys, no, it was it was at uh, a college campus. We would go at like ten thirty at night because it was so hot in Arizona. Yeah, and um, he was it was off season, and one of my buddies that I used to work with was the translator for the Phoenix Suns, specifically for Leandro Barbosa. Oh, yeah. And he, he just showed up one night. He didn't play because we play very poorly basketball. And he obviously didn't want to hurt himself, but he was just kind of shooting around. And it's absolutely insane that he – I don't think he missed a single shot while we were shooting around. Wow. It's just – as a professional basketball player, you hit those wide-open shots during warm-ups and stuff. And it was just – it was really cool to see. And it, I imagine it's something similar for, for some of these guys participating in the program to to play up against these professional basketball players. Uh, and and kind of just see them and and be in awe of them because I I certainly was at that moment. Yeah, no, that's cool. I knew about your friend who was a translator for a while, but I didn't know you actually shot around with Barbosa. That that's really cool. Yeah, it was it was a very short amount of time. Was and, that at uh, the same place that we used to go to? Like for we used to get like a group of ten guys all together and we'd play on the court occasionally, or was that like uh, a ASU different West? college? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same place. Yep. Nice man. So I could have seen him, but I just happened to could have. You missed come it. late. Yeah. yeah, it was just a one-time thing. <laughs> Did Barbosa live around there? What was he doing all the way over there? That's kind of far from Phoenix. I have no idea. Huh. I know him and the the translator were friends. You know, yeah. when you when you come to a, a country where you don't speak the language, um, and, and you know they kind of became friends. Got it. Uh, so I think he would come regularly, and I think just one time they were out hanging out. Maybe at dinner, and he said, "Hey, you want to come?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." Why not? So maybe your friend, the translator, lived over there or something like that. He did. He did live in, in okay. North Phoenix over by ASU West. So he did. But uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm certainly Andre did not. Yeah. And Barbosa's like, I'm never coming to Lewiswood again. I'm going to stay over in Scottsdale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so we still have a lot of free agents available on the market. It's not a lot of great ones, but uh, I have a list of about uh, – actually, it's exactly five. Not about five. Of, of sort of who I think the top five free agents are. And I really – when I was looking at this list, I have no idea where they're going to go, uh, if they're going to stay with the team that they most recently played on, if they're going to go somewhere else. So I don't know if you've looked at the list of best available free agents recently. Uh, but I'm, let's talk about through. Let's go through the list here real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the first one is LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, do you remember when LaMarcus Aldridge was like the free agent before he signed with the Sacra um, San Antonio Spurs? Yes. And he was going to different cities, uh, Phoenix included, and, and everyone was rolling out the red carpet for him. And he kind of – I don't want to say he was a bust after that, but he really did not live up to the expectations and hype that I think everyone expected when, when he left Portland. Yeah. It was – I re total, completely remember that. Everyone wanted him on his team, and but as soon as he – Went to that team. What where team did he go to? Was it? He went to the Spurs. He went from he Portland go, to the San Antonio it, Spurs. Okay. Yep. Well, okay. He played okay for the Spurs, but he just... And then he had some health problems. Didn't he have something like uh, an, an enlarged heart too? I don't think so. I'm looking at his, his stats here. He played almost a full season every year he was there to, until he it, got traded. If, but... if I remember correctly, I think he kind of was talking about like retiring early. And then he left the league, and then he came back in. I hope I'm not confusing it with a different player, but I, I feel like it was him that did it, and that's why he left the Spurs, and that's why he's on a different team now. Yeah, I don't think that's him. Looking at, you know, he plays, he's played every season consistently since 2006. Okay. Um, 
couple of you know, a season where he didn't play a lot of games, but I, I assume that's injury related. Yeah, it says he only but, you has... know when he when he went to the Spurs, he it was Tim Duncan was sort of winding down, so they were sort yeah. of he was supposed to be the heir apparent to Tim Duncan uh, and help lead that team, and he never really led that team as far as leadership. Leadership, yeah, he might have led in points or, or or whatever one year, but he never became that guy. Yeah, in, in San Antonio. How old is he now? Did you look at his age? Yeah, he is 37 years old. He will be 37 oh, wow. years old. I had no idea he was that starts. old. I mean, he's yeah, almost he's as old as Tim Duncan. <laughs> 17 seasons. This will be his 17th season, if, assuming he gets signed. He last played with Brooklyn. I cannot imagine he wants to go back to Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, that just seems like a terrible idea. But he's still a productive player. He had a – he played – let's see – he played 47 games last year. He's not a starter anymore. I think he recognizes that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he played a lot of a lot of games last year. He averaged uh, 20 plus minutes, 22 minutes, and scored almost 13 points a game. That's good production off of a bench. I imagine he wants to sign with a team that's close, a playoff team certainly, yeah. uh, and maybe get that that championship ring he's been looking for. But I, I he's a solid player. I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't been gotten. Hasn't been picked up yet. Yeah, five and a half rebounds per game. He was shooting fifty five percent. Um, who's the other big guy on the Nets? Like who? Who? If he was on the bench, um, who is starting ahead of him? Uh, I'm not really sure. I have to look that Way up to too. Ask a question that I, I wouldn't have the answer to. Ron. Yeah, I'll look it up. You you keep going. Sure. Uh, the other one, and I know we've talked about him a little bit or a lot of it, is one of your favorite guys is Carmelo Anthony. Yes. He is still available. He was last a Laker. And just like just like uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, averaging 25, points, 25 minutes a game, uh, just about 13 points a game. So, again, not a starter anymore. He only started three games last year, three games the year before that. His starting days are behind him. But I feel like a veteran presence off the bench – those two guys are are certainly the tops, uh, and they can still score. They can still do a lot of stuff, and they can hit those clutch shots. Having had that experience, yeah. Is there a team that you want him to go on that you think it would be a good fit, or do you think that he should stay where he is right now in the Lakers and try would, to keep that team together? I would love Lamarcus Aldridge. I would love Lamarcus Aldridge on the Suns because we lost our center depth with uh, Javale McGee signing with Dallas. So yeah. I would think that would be a huge pickup. Uh, and that kind of fits his bill, right? He's looking for a team, assumingly, he's looking for a team that is close to a championship, that's certainly mm-hmm. going to make a playoff run. Uh, th- I think that would be that would be fun to have him here. I don't know if he, if he has the style of play that Phoenix plays now, yeah. but if he's not a starter, you know, you don't need him to be fully bought into that. You just need minutes out of him. Uh, so I think that would be, a, I would like to see him there. Carmelo Anthony, I think, is probably good with the Lakers he might resign with the Lakers he might be waiting to see what LeBron's extension looks like yeah but I think he he's good there you know you need that again you know the team is built around LeBron Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook having someone like Carmelo Anthony come off the bench is is a good choice for them so I I wouldn't be shocked if he returns to the Lakers yeah what's a young team that you like you like the Cavaliers a lot right I like the Kings a lot. I like the, the Cavaliers Kings. and the Kings. Yeah. So maybe Carmelo could bring his, you know, his veteran presence to that team or one of those teams. And I don't think Carmelo wants to be on a rebuild, though. I think yeah. that's going to be the difference. That's is, true. Is he he wants to win a championship? Yeah. I mean, he's already been on New York. He's been on the Lakers. Those yeah. like the two biggest teams, almost. You know, next to the Celtics. So yeah, he. But the Celtics would be a good team for him to 
go on to, you know, just to have that little, that more presence. I mean, yeah, those are the two, those are like the three main teams in a league that every player wants to end up on. But, uh, yeah, kind of interesting. I would like them on a younger team, like the Pelicans, for example, you know, give, give them some veteran presence. Cause those guys are still, are just so young. Yeah, I, you have CJ McCollum, who is a veteran and definitely is going to have that veteran experience. But it would be it would be a good option, even for for head coach Willie Green, to have somebody that's been in the league for so long to kind of help him when maybe he gets to I'm a new head coach and I'm going to make a bad choice to have a, a voice that's going to say, "Hey, maybe let's let's not do that." Right? Yeah. So Nick Cla- Nick Claxton is the starter for the Nets. He's a starting center, so he was ahead of. Uh, what's his name? Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, Aldridge. That is his name. And it's where Nick's, Nick, I keep saying Nick's, <laughs> Nick Claxton. Um, he averaged 8.7 points, 5.6 rebounds. So he's not doing better than Aldridge either. So it's, it's kind of interesting that he started ahead of him. At yeah, least when you have Aldridge coming off the bench, you can use him a little bit better. If you have yeah. all those guys starting, I feel like there's too much, too much talent, too many shot makers on the floor. And you know what, I'm I'm going for, this is the, the depth chart for this year. So unless they, did they just get oh, Nick Claxton too? Because I am i didn't look to see if uh, he was on the team last year. I don't know about the centers on the Brooklyn Nets from last year. So hopefully I'm not uh, yeah, I don't, mistaken I don't there too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next on the list I have Montrezal Harrell who I have not seen play, but he has some pretty solid numbers. He last played for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, he's not a starter. He's another guy that's coming off the bench. Uh, in 21 minutes, he averaged 11 points per game, which which pretty solid numbers. Um, he plays the position of center. He's a shorter center, so he's mm-hmm. only six foot seven, but he plays center and power forward, almost like a Draymond Green type of, of player. Uh, but I... There's a lot of teams that that need that extra, extra muscle inside, whether it be center or power forward. And I think of the Dallas Mavericks as being one of those teams. I know they signed Javale McGee. I don't know what their plan is for him coming off the bench or him starting. You know, their starting center last year only averaged like 15, 20 minutes. They didn't really use a center most of the time. They they played yeah. small ball a lot. So I think this would be a good fit for their sort of small ball uh, style. So that would be my best home for him would be the Dallas Mavericks uh, just to give them some depth and, and to kind of continue that they've done with not really using that center position. I'm, I'm surprised he's still a free agent. I think he's an excellent player and um, he plays really good defense. He was the sixth man of the year for his production off the bench last year. So, huh, interesting. I wonder what the teams are doing. You know, there's got to be someone out there that's already talked to him and he's just maybe thinking about a couple of offers that he got, you know, because it I is getting like, late though. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those things that, you got to find a home soon or I don't know. I don't know. You hope somebody gets injured and that opens up a spot for you. That's not a, that's not a good spot to be in. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's just a, a scrapper too, you know, like he's a hustler and whenever the, the ball's around him, he seems like he comes up with it. You know, he, if it was a 50, 50, it's going to be his ball. He's a great guy to have on your team. So son should get him. <laughs> he's not, he's not the son's. No, I don't think the, I don't think he'd be a good fit with the Suns because we don't typically go small. I guess we do go kind of go small, but our our centers are not small centers. We have DeAndre who's big, you know. We have Biombo who's big. Um, I would rather have Lamarcus Aldridge, but 
Well, I don't know. It's kind of like what we talked about with, um, with the other teams recently that have won championships. You know, so they there. It seems like the smaller, more athletic guys. It's like big centers aren't really that important anymore. Like with Green and with the uh, who's a center on the Celtics that he's not he's not that big either. Robert too. Williams. Robert Williams is huge. I thought he was like. Are you talking Al Horford? Ten. Is he bigger than six ten? No. If he's six ten, he plays like he's. Seven. I thought he was just really athletic and he could jump really high to block those <laughs> he shots. He's really athletic and he has a big wingspan, but yeah. he is he is a, a more of a prototypical center than certainly Draymond Green is. Yeah, uh, he's only six nine, so you're right. He is shorter than I thought, but he has a wingspan of seven foot six, and that's why uh, that's why he plays so big, and that's why he has that shot blocking ability. Yeah, so he plays like a bigger bigger center. Yeah, but my point is just you know with these teams that have been going to the championships and you know in that race. Maybe we could use a guy like that too, you know. If if that's the winning formula, let's get him on the Suns, sure. and then we could go small and super athletic. And like I said, he's he's a scrapper. I I want him now. I didn't know he was available, and <laughs> yeah, we we need to go for him. Yeah, I don't want to play against him. List, I mean, do you? Yeah, you know, that's how I always look at it from a management point of view. I'm when I'm looking at all these available players, I'm looking at these guys like, okay, I don't want to go against him, so I need to get him on my team. I just feel there's so many players on that list that you can't have them all on your team. Well, like, so Eric Bledsoe, for example, he's available. I would love to go against him. I, I don't think he's that good anymore. So <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, yeah, he he played decent, but I wouldn't mind going against him either. Aldrich is old. Yeah, he's he's has a great history. Well, these, are, but, these are all bench players, right? That's the difference. Yeah. None of these are starters. Well, Harrell is one on a list that I don't want to go against. Though out of all these guys that we're talking about so far, I don't want to go against Harrell. Okay. Next on the list, I have Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Schroeder. My apologies. Dennis Schroeder. Uh, he is a point guard and shooting guard. Last played for Houston, although he played some time on Boston as well. Um, not he, he was a starter at points in his career. With Atlanta and with uh no mostly with just with Atlanta and with the Lakers, but he is just kind of an okay above average player, thirty ish minutes a game, fifteen. I mean he's kind of all over the place with his points production, so mm-hmm. I can't even say can't even say that. But let's say the low teens points per game, uh from the point guard or shooting guard position. I don't know what a good fit for him is. You know he was on Houston. It's not a good team. I, I feel like he's one of those guys that goes to a bad team and is their starter. So maybe Houston's a good fit for him. Maybe, you know, staying on some of those teams. I don't think, I don't know. I I don't have a strong opinion on this guy. I haven't watched him play a lot. I I do remember him with the Lakers uh, a couple of years ago, but from what I can recall, he he was just, uh, he was just there kind of a seat filler. So like a Max Struss from, you know, the heat. Yeah. So I don't know. When it comes to point guards, it's really hard to find a good one, I think, in the league. One that you really want on your team, one that you want leading your team. I don't think it's Schroeder. I don't, I don't think it's him at all. I think... Schroeder. 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 I, I read it like Schroeder. Schroeder. Yeah, but yeah. Schroeder. You're right. I don't, I don't see him as like a, a good leader for your team. And yeah. I think that kind of showed when he was on the Lakers. Like He, he played very average. You know, there, He had some good points, you know, but... I don't know. He's just 
you 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 if he was on your team as a point guard, you'd be out there looking for a better one. Looking for an upgrade. Yeah. yeah. It was like yeah, I, I perfectly agree with that. That's a, that's a good sentiment. Last but not least on my list, and I don't know how many if you had different people you wanted to talk about was uh Colin Sexton, mm-hmm. formerly of the he is actually a restricted free agent. Uh, so he he just his rookie contract just expired. He is a shooting guard, point guard uh, on the Cleveland Cavaliers. They still own the rights to him. He is also a free agent, and he's he's still talking with the Cavs. He claims it's not contentious uh, contract negotiating, but they're not close on on numbers. So sounds sounds pretty contentious. <laughs> he yeah. was on the All Rookie Team his rookie year. Um, you know he kind of got burned by the. Darius Garland coming out and being so successful on the Cavs kind of made him redundant and now so late in free agency and the fact that he's a restricted free agent, all of that stuff is kind of going against him. Uh, so I, I kind of feel for the young man. He's he's going to have a hard time getting on a different team because um, Cleveland will just, just match the offer sheet. Mm-hmm. So Cleveland is kind of in control here and, and I he's the, he's the guy that's losing out. So I like his numbers overall. I think he... You know, he is young. He is 23 years old. I think he has – he got injured last year, which is why he only played 11 games. But I think he were seeing positive steps in his development. Both his uh, points per game had gone up through his rookie year. His steals have gone up. His – you know, overall he was – I feel like he was improving. He was shooting just under 50%, uh, over 33% from the three-point line. Nice. And the injury happened last year, and, and then Darius Garland came out, uh, gangbusters, and kind of made him redundant. So yeah. I think he's probably the best player. Of all the players I would want to sign, it would be him because of his youth and because he has shown improvement and potential. Uh, he was you know, a solid player his rookie year and, and continues to, to grow. Yeah, I think this guy has a lot of potential. Um, I think he is a point guard that you, you want on your team, and he, he could be a leader, you know. Um, it says the Cavaliers were looking to give him a forty million dollar deal, which isn't enough for him. So yeah, just what was the terms on that? Do you know how many years? Uh, it says let me go back to it. Forty million, three year deal. Three years, yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty rough. <laughs> so yeah, it's just with the kind of numbers that he's putting up. Yeah, I don't know why they went. Offer more. I guess it's kind of like what you're saying. They had the other guy that came in and, you know, just overtook him pretty much. Yeah, 100%. And and he when he's a restricted free agent, you know, they the other teams kind of set the market for him and no one has made him an offer. So, you know, we saw that with, with DeAndre Ayton. You know, we didn't know what the market for DeAndre Ayton was until the Pacers made that offer and then the Suns matched it right away. That That is what DeAndre Ayton is worth. No yeah. one has come out to Colin Sexton and say, hey, we want to sign you three years, $80 million. And that's what the market is. So the market has been calm on him partially because he is a restricted free agent. Uh, and partially because he's, he's coming off an injury. So mm-hmm. I like him. I, I'm excited to see what he does next year. Uh, if he stays with Cleveland, they're going to be loaded at the guard position. Yeah. And they're going to be a fun team to watch. Yeah, it'll be like the Suns old team when they had those three point Back guards that were day. super good. Yeah. yeah, and they didn't know what those to do with them. three point guards. Yeah. <laughs> so they just got rid of all of them and sucked for <laughs> exactly. several years. So what do you think about DeMarcus Cousins, though? He's available and he's always been like a an all-star. Do you think there's any value in adding to him? Because... I kind of th- feel like any team that he goes to, I don't, I don't know why, but I feel like the team hurts 
when he plays on that team. You know, like they they don't get any better. And I don't know what it is about Demarcus, but he's kind of like a plague to other teams. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I I'm not a huge Demarcus Cousins fan. I know you are more of a Demarcus Cousins fan. A little I think, bit, not I by much. I think he he's. I don't think he's the kind of guy you want in your locker room uh, at the end of the day, especially if you have a good thing going. I think you bring him in and that kind of disrupts it. He doesn't just sort of contribute and blend into the background. He, he wants to be in the foreground. Um, And Mm -hmm. I, I think that hurts teams more than it helps. Yep. How about Dwight Howard? He's another old guy too. Do you think he Dwight Howard? Yeah. Yeah, If (laughs) he just tried out for the WWE, I think he's got other career aspirations. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think he has anything uh, left in the tank though? No, or he could be I, he, I think I think him and Cousins both have I think they both have things left in the tank. I just don't want him on my team. Yeah. I don't know. Dwight Howard is another one. He, he's like Kyrie Light uh, with the craziness and, and the just wildness that he has. And I think he's toned mm-hmm. down a little bit since he's not a, a perennial all star anymore, but I I don't want Dwight Howard on my team. All right. The only one I have left is Isaiah Thomas. I actually really like him. The other two I was just kind of mentioning because I just wanted to see what your thoughts on on them were. I don't really care about them either, but Isaiah Thomas, I actually really like. I loved when he was on the Suns. Then he went over to the Celtics and he got those injuries. For, and then he got screwed by um, Danny Ainge when he just like they didn't re-sign him after. or they Something happened where when he got hurt, they just kind of like left him in the dust. They just forgot about him. And then he really hasn't been in the league hardly just for, you know, he hasn't been productive anymore. But then I saw this video where in the Drew League, he scored like 50 points. And so, like, there's, there's this really good player out there, Isaiah Thomas, and I wish a team would pick him up. I want to see him t- play again. He's probably going to be the smallest player in the league, so maybe he's not going to be there for, you know, like, blocks and things, but he he could still steal the ball and, you know, be a pest. I just, I want him to be a starter in the league again. I feel like he's worth it. He's worth the chance. I like to say Thomas is a lot. I, I thought it was a lot of fun watching him with those Celtics teams where he just kind of caught fire. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's five foot nine, one of the one of the smaller guys. Uh, I I like him, but yeah, he hasn't played. He was on the Hornets last year. Did he play a whole lot of games with the Hornets? I don't think so. Games. Yeah, he played seventeen games. Averaged thirteen minutes a game, eight points per game. I think you got to find the right fit for him. And I think, unfortunately, similar for for my opinion on on uh, Montreal Montrezal was that it's not going to be on a winning team. It's going to be on a kind of a, a dumpster team. Yeah, that's too bad. I mean, he's probably not going to play like he used to again. If no one's going to start him, and if they did start him, he would show that he would actually put up real big numbers. Um, I don't know about assists though. I don't know how good he is about making his teammates around him better, but. I don't know. I just I, I still wish I could see him play, and uh, we'll, we'll have to see what happens with him. See if anyone picks him up and does anything good with him. Yeah, he had that hip injury when he was with Boston, and that really slowed him down. I think quite a bit. Yeah, and he, his being so small, and, and you know, look at some of the point guards in the league. Uh, they're big. They're bigger guys, so mm-hmm. it's it's tough to to compete. Yeah, exactly. So hey, I was. All right, so you, I, you had a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Go no, ahead. I, I was just gonna say, just real quick to go back to that Nick Claxton part deal. So he was actually 
signed this year for the Nets. So yeah, I don't I don't know who their center was last year. <laughs> the center of the Nets remains a mystery. Yeah, one that I will I will sleep well not not knowing. <laughs> not going to make was, me lose any sleep. Yeah, I was looking that up. But yeah, I'm sorry. What do you want to go over next? I was going to say on on Sunday we had a conversation, and you asked me did you know we were talking about load management specifically with LeBron, and did LeBron manage minute manage his way out of the playoffs? Uh, and and we started talking about it, and then we said no, 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 no. Let's wait. Let's wait for the podcast. But mm-hmm. let's talk about that now. And and can you start off by telling what is load management? What does that mean in the context of basketball? Yeah, it's basically just when players take a day off. You know, there might be like a back to back game or something, and it's like if LeBron has a game on on the 28th of April and then there's another game on the 29th, he'll play the 28th one, but then take the next day off when there's back-to-backs just to rest his body and get it ready for the next game that may be a more important game. Um, usually it's when players, they'll, they'll play like a, a really tough team the day before um, that's like high in the standings. And then the day after that, they're playing it like someone really low and really bad. So they feel like they could sit him. So I was asking you, do you think that LeBron, by doing that, because he's one of those players where they do the load management to him because he's older, do you think he actually managed himself out of the playoffs? So before I answer that, uh, I want to go back in time a little bit because load management is somewhat new to the game. I, I would say 10 to 15 years, and I think it was Popovich that kind of started that uh, in San Antonio with with Tim Duncan as he was starting to age. And you're absolutely right. It was very common in the back-to-back games. But Popovich didn't care if it was a good team or a bad team. He would just sit those guys and basically lose a game. And I think that was interesting because it really made it obvious that the NBA regular season is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yep. And if you sprint your whole way through it, you're going to have nothing left in the tank come playoff time where the games really matter. Uh, What's also telling about that is that you only do that if you are a playoff team. If you're not going to make the playoffs or you're a bubble playoff team, you have to kind of sprint through the season and hope that you're hot and get into the playoffs. So it doesn't make sense for a bad team to do that uh, unless there's some injury that you're maybe slowly bringing somebody back in. Uh, but yeah, I think the Spurs were the first ones to do that. Uh, when I was doing some some information on this, I do you remember long time? Well, he wasn't a Suns for a long time, but AC Green. Yes, AC Green was a Sun, but before that, he was a Laker. Uh, he is the anti load management sort of player. He played in consecutively one thousand one hundred ninety two games. Mm. So I, re- I remember seasons. I remember the, just there was played. a game where I was watching him where someone elbowed him in the mouth and they knocked his teeth out. And then they're worried that he was going to miss his record of consecutive games played. Would be yeah, broken. Be- yeah. I remember that as well. I think they brought him in for like one play or something the next game, and then I think and then you're took right, him out, yeah. which is kind of crappy and kind of cheating. Yeah, but uh, they kept the streak alive. So yeah, uh, we speaking about LeBron and did he manage his way out of the playoffs? I want to hear your opinion since this is you brought this up and and see if I'm in line with with what you're okay with, with what you're shoveling here. All right. Well, I just I don't like it, and then it kind of shows like with last year. So if you look at their standings, the Lakers they won 33 games, right? The the team above them was the Spurs to play into the playoffs at 34 games, 34 wins. So when you look at this load management, there's really only one game that you had to win to get into the, just to have a chance to keep your team going, you know? 
And then you start thinking like, I know like LeBron was hurting towards the end of the year and everything like that. So basically, this is what I think on the whole situation. I don't think load management is good. I don't think players should load management. Um, personally, I think if you're careful about not injuring yourself, then you're going to end up injuring yourself. It's just the way the universe works. It's, you just need to go out there, play as hard as you can all the time, and just let the cards fall where they do, where they may. So when uh, you mentioned that if you if you don't think about it, it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Just like if you put it out in the universe, then it's going to happen to you. And that's kind of like what <laughs> load management is. You know, you're just, you're trying not to get injured and look at all the injuries he had by load managing at the beginning of the year. When I used to mountain bike, uh, there was a saying that if you see like a rock or an obstacle, don't look at it because if you look at it, you'll inevitably steer right into it. <laughs> and that was 100% true. There was... I, Every time I fell, it was because I was looking at something, trying to avoid it, and just ran right into it. And you always feel so yeah. stupid uh, when you do that sort of stuff. So I am actually okay with load management for for the reasons that we talked about. Uh, it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. You have to rest those guys for them to be fresh and have some legs. I mean, we saw what what appeared that Chris Paul ran out of gas in the in the playoffs this last year. So mm-hmm. I think. I think I'm okay with it. I don't know if I would encourage it. As a fan, it sucks because you want to see your your top players playing in every game. And can you imagine if you had tickets to one of those games to see LeBron and, oh, yeah. he's in street clothes. He's a healthy scratch. Yeah. Crap. That stinks. That'd be the worst. Uh, so that's essentially what it is. But I disagree with you um, for two reasons. I don't think LeBron load managed his way out of the playoffs or the Lakers at all. For, for a couple of reasons. One is they were a bubble playoff team. I think they knew that. And you can't load manage if you're not guaranteed to make the playoffs. It doesn't make sense to do it otherwise because then you miss out on the postseason. And I'm looking at the games he missed. He was injured. There's maybe one or two games that you could say he sat out for load management. But every other game was an injury. Yes. But that one or two games could have made the difference to them. Like, okay, let's even not even talk about just LeBron. Let's include, like, Anthony Davis. Are they load-managing him, too? Is Russell so Westbrook doing it? So I didn't pull it? up notes on Anthony Davis because you just wanted to talk yeah, about just, LeBron. I'm just saying, like, if, if, if LeBron's doing it, I bet there's other people doing it, too. Sure, I didn't absolutely. research it, but I just kind of – that's my feelings. Um, I was looking at some of these plays, some of these games that LeBron missed, too. And so there was a game where the first three games he played, right? And then the fourth game he sat out, and that was against the San Diego Spurs. They ended up winning that one. He he sat out. Are, are you talking October twenty seventh? Yeah, yeah, twenty sixth and twenty seventh. Yeah, so those are back to back. Both those games for an ankle injury. Yep. Okay, so then I was I did notice that I was like looking at I was like okay, so he was actually injured for those games, even though it was just for you know a few days. So that was kind of hot to me because how bad does your ankle hurt where you just have to sit out for you know like three days and then you're back playing again? I would say the opposite is that he rushed back. And I mean, if you look at all, he had his ankle injury was again towards the end of March. He heard it. Uh, He had quite Mm -hmm. a few injuries over the course of the season. I think he was anti-load management. He was trying to get back on the court too soon where he might have benefited from taking some extra time off. Okay. All right. I'll give you that one. (laughs) So then I went over to... I will take it. I went over to November 23rd on the Knicks where he did sit that one out just because he felt like he, he had to load management. Um, and they lost that game. And then if you go... So he came back. He he was out with an abdominal injury for most of November. His first game back was the 19th. 
then he played the 21st mm-hmm. and then sat out the 23rd. Yeah. It didn't, and I didn't was see anything on the injury right? The 23rd anything... and the 24th, the 23rd and the 24th were back-to-back games. He played the second game of that back-to-back game, but yeah. he was just coming back from a long injury. So, uh, and actually looking at the game on the 21st, he only played 21 minutes where he averaged like 37 minutes a game. So yeah. I would bet if we were to go back and look at the game on the 21st, he probably re-injured or retweaked something that's why he didn't play very much on the 21st and that's probably why he missed the 23rd yeah you're right it does show those minutes yep good eye i didn't see that but so my point was going to be that they actually lost against the knicks and he probably sat out against the knicks because they weren't that good of a team last year so maybe you're right though maybe i think you're right that where he did re-injure it like maybe around halftime and then i went over to november 30th when they did they played against the uh, Sacramento Kings, they he did sit out that game, but they won, so it doesn't really make a difference there. And that is a crappy team, so I don't know. Just that could potentially be a a, a load management. Yeah, I mean that sure. was definitely a load management game. But then I don't know. It just just with all these little tiny games. So I understand what you're saying, where he's sitting out after getting injured, but then how bad is the injury? And is it is it one of those injuries where he's like, I'm just gonna load manage because I kind of tweaked my ankle a little bit. I can play, but I'm going to try resting up until I'm 100% healthy. But then they end up losing the games that they that would have gotten them into the, the play-in. Right. I would say to, to this is that if you're going to load manage a player, why on earth is LeBron James playing 36 minutes in the All-Star game? <laughs> yeah, right. That to me is just come on. If if you're really worried about that, you you got to load manage him in a game that means absolutely nothing. Why is he playing in the Drew League? Why is he doing this these things where he could potentially injure himself for one and two, putting more miles on those legs where he could be doing low impact workouts uh, or something like that. So I yeah. I, I'm a fan. I'm not a fan of load management. I understand the nature of the beast. The nature of the business is that you need your guys to be able to play in the postseason If you want to win a championship, I, I think, I don't think the Lakers did load to management. We would have to look at those other players this year because I think they knew they probably were not a playoff team. Yeah. Or, or barely a playoff team. And you can't afford to do that. Now, I know the Suns did some load management this year, uh, but they were the best record in basketball. So they could yeah, afford it. You, you could do it. You could get away with it. And I think that's the difference between teams that manage their minutes of their stars versus teams that don't is, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs and we, we have a legitimate chance to win the championship. So let's 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 take a break. Let's walk a lap instead of sprinting all the way across to the finish line. Okay, one last game, though. Did you look at the March 7th game? Yes, March 7th. What do you think about that one? Do you he, think that was load management? March 7th. Uh, let's see. Because that was so against the San Antonio played, Spurs, and they lost that one. He, he had a knee injury that let him made him miss most the end of January and the first two weeks, or the first two games in February. Yeah, I then saw knee soreness. all of February. Uh, well, he had the all-star break and then he played the first few games in March. So yeah, that was potent. Who did they play on March 7th? San Antonio Spurs. The team that beat them by one game to make the play in. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, that might've been, that might've been a load management game. I'd have to go back and look at that specifically. Uh, it wasn't a back to back and were the, do you know, were they in Los Angeles or was it in San Antonio? Um, it does say at San Antonio. 
Okay, because they played Houston two nights later, so I imagine they stayed in Texas. Yeah, so and the game before was Golden State, so you know he played really tough for that one. They did win that one, yeah. and then maybe they're like, San Antonio's sucking this year. Yeah, they were kind of close to them in the records, but we're, we're going to win that game. And then they end up losing by seven points, you know? Yeah. I, I think the more important thing from, from, again, this is my two cents, which is worth less than that. <laughs> LeBron plays too many minutes during the games in the regular season. You know, that game against the Rockets two day, you know, two days after he rested, he played 45 minutes. Yeah. It went into overtime. That is where I think you're doing more damage. I would say if you're trying to manage minutes, you should try to get him under 30 minutes a game uh, versus having him sit out a game. But <laughs> One of my movie posters just fell off my so wall. If, if you guys... <laughs> If if fans out there are listening and, and they have a strong opinion on load management, let us hear it. Let us know what you think. Does your team load manage? Does your team manage minutes? Do they do it in a way that is to the benefit of the team or to the detriment of the team? And if the Lakers did load manage this year, this season, I think you could definitely say it was to the detriment of the team as they did not make the playoffs. But I would say that they did not load manage. They were managing injuries and and cuts and scrapes and bruises and more so than anything else this this specific season yeah i don't think teams should load manage at all i think they should just you know play their hearts out and i do agree with you on minutes though they should manage lebron's minutes for sure because yeah 44 minutes all these 40 minutes and he's so old but is he 36 at least 37. It's not that he's old. It's that he's played 19 seasons and it always looks like this. He's yeah. always playing close to 40 minutes a game. Uh, th- there was some playoff runs where he played 48 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. God, I cannot imagine doing that. Yeah. So I, I think that is taking a more of a toll than anything. But yeah, you got to you gotta start winding those minutes down. Now, he's a competitor. He, he wants to be on the court. I get that. I respect that. But that, I think, is where you got to you got to make some difference. Give him rest early in the first quarter right? Uh, where the points are, are less critical, less important. Exactly, um, yeah. So that maybe he can play more in the fourth quarter. Yeah, get him ready for those last quarters and those big big time last shots that you need him for instead of tiring, tiring him out during, at the beginning of the game. For sure. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks, guys.